0: Welcome to Pilot Season, a podcast about two people with lion eyes who are living life in the fast lane, but have got a peaceful, easy feeling about watching television pilots from all through history, mostly the history of television, whether they be good or bad. Today we're... more Eagles references, take me to the limit, there we go, as we watch South of Sunset, which stars Glenn Fry, who was, obviously, given the references I'm making, a member of the band Eagles. Not the Eagles, but Eagles. I'm Patrick Brogan, and alongside me is Alan Byrne. Hello, Alan Byrne.
1: Will this be our personal Hotel California? <laughs> Only time <sighs> will tell, listeners. It won't. We can we can actually leave.
0: Is there a hole in the world? <laughs> we can only find out if we get over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're on a slightly jittery schedule because, um, oh my god, the world is just getting all up in our grills.
1: I blame Christmas. I think we should declare war on Christmas. Everybody else has declared war on Christmas. It's our turn.
0: Well... Um, as the eagles say please come home for Christmas <laughs> why well, yes I do have uh, a Google provided list of eagle songs in front of me right now <laughs> I had already gone there well before the show had started
1: <laughs> wow this is this is going to be one for the record books guys
0: I'm not going to burn us out on all of these because you know it,
1: you got to save some for the rest of the podcast yeah
0: it's a I've got to give the best of my love to this entire show. I can't just spend all of my time quoting the the Eagles, because I think I'll take it to the limit. Just a bit too much. Uh, (laughs) I'll take it easy on the quotes now. (laughs) Okay. So The Sunset, by the way, was in 1993, and boy, does it look like a 1993 show uh, starring Ben Fry. Aries Spears and Maria Patella. Now Aries Spears Mainly went on to, seem to do voice Actor stuff uh, Yeah he was also in Mad TV though. Yeah he was he was Mad TV doing a James Brown uh, Impersonation which he does in this as well And uh, he also went on to do voice Work in um, uh, CJ and Jamal The Tone Loke uh, Cartoon where Tone Loke played a bear and he was in the uh, the Proud Family as a, oh wow, as a, a character. I'm not quite sure what the character was. was called. Wizard something. I didn't watch the Proud Family.
1: I liked the Proud uh, Family. It was a nice show. A little
0: bit past my time. Um, mm. But South of Sunset is the least successful. Oh, and Mary Patillo, Maria Patillo, who was uh, in Chaplin, she played Mary Pickford in Chaplin she was in i think episode of mammy vice at one point she was in a lot of different one episodes of things like uh will and grace friends um i natural born killers as someone she was in godzilla she was in Alan mcbeal she was an early edition uh um what else stuff she's in lots of different stuff.
1: wait was she the let's go back a second was she matthew roderick's ex-girlfriend in godzilla Uh. was is that why I recognize her? Matthew
0: Broderick's girlfriend called Audrey. Because if so, so, that was her, and that's
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's totally her. There a
0: few kind of big roles. She's not really, she's not really done much according to IMDb since two thousand and eight. Um, she was in one episode of Friends as Laura, whoever Laura was. She was in Providence, which is a show I only remember ever seeing ads for. But these three fine people. Two of whom are actors, one of which is Glenn Fry, appeared.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What an accurate description.
0: Yes. (laughs) Appeared in South of Sunset, a detective series that aired just one episode in 1993 on CBS. Um, It was meant to sort of be a a show reminiscent of Moonlighting,
1: starring. How? We'll we'll get to that. Starring (laughs)
0: Glenn Fry, who was Cody McMahon. A private eye who was based on Sunset Boulevard in Beverly Hills and uh, he runs the Beverly Hills Detective Agency because he has a very creative way with words that's basically the premise um, it, uh, it did get more airings on VH1 uh, they, they aired four episodes of it uh, during their Eagle, Eagles Family Tree Week
1: where they went along the entire Eagles family tree to find out all about which Eagle was descended from Charlemagne.
0: Yeah, it turns out it was all four five I don't know maybe people are in the Eagles. I know like Don Henley and Glenn Fry the only two whose names I know. Um mm. oh and It's probably a good guess. Lots of people are related to Charlemagne. Yeah according to QI anyway. Um or well it could be Genghis Khan. then we could have some if you're European, Charlemagne, if you're Asian, Genghis Khan, it's Like they're the fathers of us all. I said to you before the podcast, Alan, uh, Glenn Fry, his first acting role, he had yes. eight acting roles, according to IMDb, although one of which was apparently an Eagles concert DVD, which doesn't count as an acting role, IMDb. It's like, that's like how IMDb insists that Jill Barab is a, is a host of my show.
1: Uh, uh, and a host of this podcast. That's not IMDb's fault, that's my fault.
0: But that's you. Actually, to be fair, IMDb doesn't say that anymore because I I fixed it. Um, It now rightfully gives Leon Thomas credit for writing part of the Elephant Man video, because he did. Um, I am very, very much for accurate portrayals of IMDb. That's why I'm on IMDb at all, actually. (laughs) So people can get, I have credits and episodes of stuff now. It's not. It, it, just, it just bugged me and then I went off the deep end. Anyway, yeah, you, you to, have an
1: internet movie and it deserves to be in their internet movie database.
0: Yes, I do. Uh, anyway, back to what I was going to say. Glen Frey's first acting role was in Miami Vice with Don Johnson. He went on to do South of Sunset, which had a yellow car. Later, he went on to do a guest role in Nash Bridges which had both Don Johnson and a yellow car. Was it the same yellow car? I don't think so. But <laughs> that's something I like. I like that weird symmetry. Also the fact that South of Sunset was kind of Nash Bridgesy, in that it was a mid-90s kind of detective-y show. But uh... but, no, but there was no Cheech Marin. However, we do have uh, Dwayne, Ziggy Dwayne, which we'll get to. Um, uh, also fun to contrast this with uh, Veronica Mars, which we'll do as we go along.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was kind of unintentional that we're doing two detective shows in a row.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of an accident. I didn't really know what this was. Uh, we just kind of... It just... Alan threw it out at me.
1: It, it was pitched to us on Twitter, if you'll it recall. It was
0: by, Rich, by uh, Rich Thomas, wasn't it? Yep. At Earthdog, Rich Thomas pitched this to us. Uh, long-time listener. I'm a long-time fan of podcasts that he has been on, like the International Object Podcast which is the only podcast that I listen to with him in it. Although I believe he has other ones, and I haven't listened to them. Uh, sorry, Rich. Hi, Rich. You're, you're lovely. We like you here. Um, but the Sunset opens with tennis. Yes! The exciting world of tennis. Finally. What you finally want to see on television in the 90s, tennis. And um, middle-aged men telling young girls that, uh, sorry does not get you to Wimbledon.
1: Well, it doesn't. Just look at John McEnroe. He's never been sorry in his
0: life. He's been more than tons of times. We have this young girl getting uh, uh, trained in the ways of tennis by this elder, uh, elderly, middle-aged dude, and uh, but she's tired, Alan. Yeah. She's been tennising too hard.
1: She—it's she, a very strenuous activity.
0: And so she goes off for a rest and gets shot with a paint gun.
1: Well, she did go near that creepy alley that is in a tennis club for some reason you know tennis clubs
0: sometimes have creepy alleys that's where the guys with the paint guns appear <laughs> i i actually thought originally that this was this was just a terrible effect
1: yeah yeah uh, my notes say tomato sauce everywhere <laughs> but apparently it's not a terrible effect it's just meant to be a threat
0: because she's not dead She's in the whole episode. She's in literally most of the episode, but we first, thats that's our first, that's our first—that's our establishing thing. That's our typical detective show. Um, cold here, open. Cold open. Here's the the setup for the episode, but meanwhile, Alan, we go to a sex motel.
1: Yeah, that's all motels are for. <laughs> yeah, they're for banging, and they're for PIs to be uh, crossed away with their cameras. They've got the banging section and they've got the P.I. section. <laughs> and the middle section is for people who actually just want a hotel. No one wants a hotel like that. So they're always empty. It's only slightly better than that
0: hotel I stayed in the other week that had stars on every door. <laughs> and I stayed in the, in the, the Glenburn room. Gabriel Burn. Glenburn room? Glabio- <laughs> Gabriel Burn. room.
1: <laughs> the Glenburn room is far less impressive. It's a, it's a closet... <laughs> Under the stairs. <clears throat> yeah, there isn't even a bed.
0: No, there's a bed in this room. All right, it's very green. You just
1: hang yourself on the coat rack.
0: Well, you know, it's the kind of thing you expect from a, a hotel above a nightclub. Um, <laughs> I I assumed there was probably a, there was probably some sex motel go, stuff going on there, but no. Glen Fry with a um ben Frey, Glen Frey with a uh, telephoto lens, taking photos of a nudish woman who sees him and screams. And uh, this is all while uh, Ben Fry is... By the way, I'm not going to call him Cody McMahon in this entire thing. He's going to call him Ben Fry for the entire episode. And <laughs> he he takes a mint from the cleaner and runs away because... Uh,
1: he hasn't eaten at all. He's been... he's been up all night watching ladies bang <clears throat> men in hotels.
0: And he hates this matrimonial stuff.
1: Yes, is... but it doesn't stop him doing it because he's got bills to pay.
0: He has bills to pay and... Uh, Children Who Need Clothes, that's a Billy Joel reference. No, wrong wrong song. Um,
1: Oh man, imagine if this was a Billy Joel vehicle instead.
0: Oh man, I'd love that. It'd probably be be worse. Because Glenn Friar, he at least kind of looks intimidating. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it'd be a very different thing if it was Billy Joel. He'd be pretty good at the stealthy stuff though.
0: Really? Have you seen Billy Joel?
1: Like, no, not recently. <laughs> he's kind of, I still kind of imagine him as like you know, uptown girl Billy Joel.
0: No, he's he's got that he had a weird thing where like he he. Uh... Last time I saw him standing up, he looked like he had like a massive belly and tiny legs. Ah, like he like 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 the the piano kind of obscures the fact that he's like got really small legs. He's a very short Piano's guy. very slim, like... I found. Yeah. <laughs> If you um, stand
1: beside a large instrument, you look smaller in comparison.
0: Although this was like mid nineties, so Billy Joel would have would have was in that sort of black suit and t shirt and sunglasses face and big beard. He kinda looked he looked okay still. He hadn't gotten old and put in a bunch of weight. But he was probably he might have still he might have been an alcoholic. I don't know. He was definitely an alcoholic for a long time. Anyway, this isn't a Billy Joel podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> um, we had some ADR line in here. Where uh Glen Fry is like, How did I get into this crap? Which is the terrible, terrible voice o some voiceover radio but you get quite a lot of in this actually.
1: And then it's time for the theme song.
0: Yes, and the nineties mid 90s intro scene I've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah,
1: it's got all the things. It's got rapid cuts of all clips from the show. It's got titles that look like it's the default nineties font. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's got that like multi-coloured thing going on as yeah, well yeah
1: yeah we're still kind of getting over the hangover from the 80s and everything's bright and neon it's not, really, it's not I mean, it's
0: neon it's slightly the colours are slightly more muted they're like browns and and like gold, like sunsetty colours I guess golden browns and all that But but there's still like three different colours and there's like that effect where you have like three different colours and three different... over the... The, uh, the visuals. It's so very dated.
1: And the theme song is very clearly written by Glenn Frey. <laughs> it is the most eagles.
0: A lot of the music in this is very...
1: clearly Glenn Frey had a... had a hand in it. Uh, he's not credited as doing the soundtrack, Joel. Just the, just the opening. So it, it could just be... Hey, we know who's in this show. <laughs>
0: And the name of this episode, Alan, is Satyricon. Satyricon. Yes. Uh, any ideas? Oh boy,
1: can I tell you about the Satyricon, Patrick?
0: Oh, please uh, do. The
1: Satyricon is uh, a Latin work of fiction believed to have been written by Gaius Petronius. Oh. Uh the surviving segments of it uh, detail the misadventures of the narrator and 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 his lover, a handsome 16-year-old servant boy named Giton. Throughout the novel, uh, he has a hard time keeping his lover faithful to him and is constantly being incited, enticed away by others. Uh, so, uh, what does this have to do with the plot of this episode? <laughs> um,
0: I can kind of see where that fits in. I mean, you know, you've got Glenn Frey and Ziggy, obviously. <laughs> um, well, now I can see how that I can see how that works actually because you've got like well, there's three cases. Hmm. The two main ones dealt with in the episode are both about you know they have failing marriages and want away lovers and all sorts of you know heartaches tonight. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, uh, I went a little deeper on this. <laughs> because i was trying to figure out what the hell this was about satiricon is also the name of a norwegian metal band and i don't think it has anything to do with that (laughs) but uh, there's uh, two italian films from 1969 one of them is a fellini film and the other is a a, a film that was made to cash in on the fellini film (laughs) before the fellini film came out (laughs) because italy And they're both ba- loosely based on the Satyricon, and they're just like a series of uh, body satirical episodes. So the, the, it, it's where we get the word satire ah. from. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a collection of stories. Hmm. They wanted it to sound fancy, so they picked the Fellini film title. <laughs> there is far less orgies than there is in the Fellini film. That we
0: see on screen. I mean, I, I, there was that scene with the blind woman. We, we don't know what, cut out, what got cut out there. But let's meet Gina, and her many many costume changes throughout this episode, because she's an actress. Yes, because it's L.A. Yeah, because everyone's everyone's an actor in L.A. And you can tell by her hat she's kooky
1: She's got like a kind of artsy beret going on. She got her
0: artsy beret later on, but later on she's wearing like a a southern belt outfit because she's got an audition. She's always on the phone, uh, talking about celebrities that she's seen.
1: Uh, uh, and she's just got the the most boring stories about celebrities. This one, she saw Kevin Costner at car wash.
0: Yeah, and she's going to steal his uh, <laughs> his air freshener. I think was the thing. Um, I think we're meant to believe that she's fairly new to LA, and that's why she's
1: constantly starstruck. You
0: know, she's just yeah, she's a struggling actress, constantly starstruck, all that jazz. Uh, she doesn't like the cases that. Uh, Ben Fry takes. She's his receptionist, by the way. She's not just some dude. She's just a woman who hangs out in an office with him. Um, one thing I didn't know is that it, he tells her to take uh, the photos he's just taken of this, uh, this 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 you know motel tryst to a one hour hour photo sh- Photoshop. Like, could he not have like a dark room himself and develop these things? They seem <laughs> no, kind of sensitive. No, just
1: take them down to the photo match. Let the eighteen-year-olds work in the, the developing room. Just see it all. Who who cares about client confidentiality? That's that's, that's a thing yeah. of the past, man. This is the nineties.
0: You, you kind of have to feel bad for the people who once role, who once developed photographs for other people, because uh, the, um, I'm, so just imagine the <laughs> imagine the things they've seen.
1: Yeah, all the dick pics. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you just told my joke.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, but we're all thinking it.
0: I suppose, yeah. Uh, although that'd be a really weird thing to hand in to hand in to a like a chemist, just endless dick pics.
1: Snapchat has made this so much easier. It's just a
0: whole roll of dick pics, just like.
1: But you can't take just one. What if it's blurry?
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, you never, and you never, and because back then, of course, kids, you couldn't see the <laughs> picture you'd taken. You had so to wait have until to the wait picture was actually developed what, and printed
1: out. And then you're like, "Oh, that's a, these are thirty pictures of my finger blocking the lens."
0: And then you have then, and then you had to pick the right one. Then you had to put it in the post and send it. That the <laughs> sexting was very different, a, very different. <laughs> Not that I would know; I was a child.
1: I would know I was involved uh, in court case.
0: <laughs> uh, where, where was I?
1: Uh, that was a lie. <laughs>
0: We meet uh, Bobby uh oh before that uh uh Dina tells uh Glenfry all about Paul, his old friend apparently Paul Redding um of who who's a tennis playing daughter was the woman we met earlier, and she he needs uh, help because um, because stuff's going on stuff's going on someone's been paintballing his his daughter and possibly more kind of balling his daughter if we if 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 the plot is what the plot is setting us up to believe, um, uh, then his friend Bobby turn, comes in and is like, uh, "I give you ten grand to find this guy," and then Glenn Fry is like, "Give me five more, and I can get the other guy," because I think that somebody yeah. was arrested for stealing. This guy Luther was arrested for stealing. Luther a car. and
1: Ziggy, uh, both stole a car, or were arrested for stealing a car, uh, <clears throat> and Luther got out on bail because. He's the head of the Crips and Bobby's a bail bondsman. And he was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a good, big score for me. if Because, you know, bail bondsman, not exactly the, the uh, cleanest of careers.
0: I'm dog. The bounty hunter is squeaky clean.
1: <laughs> but he doesn't do the hunting himself. He's got Glenn Frey for that.
0: Well, if you've got Glenn Frey, what's he going to do? Um, so
1: if we bail out the other guy, we can track down the first guy because he's bound to be helpful, right? <laughs> he just got out of prison.
0: Assumedly. Um,
1: People this in the banks we... are so cooperative to authorities. Uh,
0: usually, yeah. I mean, Glenn Frey goes to bail out the urban youth, um, who is so urban, um, and so youthful, and so overacting <laughs> in this entire episode... And seemingly unhelpful until Glenfrey's like, maybe you just like playing Pin the Tail on the Homeboy.
1: I'm really not sure if that's in poor taste or if it's a good joke.
0: A lot of this stuff involving Ziggy, or like, thought his name was the entire episode Dwayne, until it IMDb. I thought Ziggy was just a terrible name that uh, Glenfrey was giving him. Uh,
1: no, his name is Ziggy Dwayne. Uh,
0: but I uh, A lot of their interactions are kind of. And like a lot of Ziggy's character is kinda uh, stereotypy uh he's basically just comedy black dude for a lot of the a lot of the episode um it's also kind of annoying
1: and not comedy black dude in a sort of blazing saddles kind of self aware way
0: at one point he, he looks at a picture of the pictures of the woman from earlier were just lying on the desk in Glenn Fry's office and he goes like, damn, baby got back or something like that.
1: Who cares about confidentiality? We've already established this. Anybody's allowed to see those
0: photos. someone walks in and Ziggy just falls off the chair doing a comedy fall. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just, But that's yeah, later. That's later. Uh,
1: now we go to a country club. Yeah, a country
0: club, club which... Um, and the first thing Ziggy does is uh tell is call someone um Paul Anka or something like that, I can't remember. Was there some <laughs> singer reference.
1: Nineties
0: oh, reference. Fifties reference. Um uh, we find out that uh that Glenn Frey and Paul used to work together. They um and uh something about Glenn Frey putting a guy's face in some stroganoff off at the Oscars because he was a security guard <laughs> there, and
1: and Paul was a limo, limo driver, driver,
0: um, and
1: but now now he's managing his daughter's yeah, tennis with career. with his wife
0: Janice, and they uh, they show her they show uh, Glenford these pictures uh, apparently of their seventeen-year-old daughter in a compromising position uh, in a motel room, and. Um, Someone is apparently wants a million dollars to keep everything quiet about this.
1: So, um, my immediate question here is, why did they shoot her? Yeah, why did they shoot her? <laughs> if it's just blackmail, why shoot her?
0: Well, it's either take money, either give us a million dollars, or we'll leak photographs, or we'll shoot her. Either way.
1: We haven't decided what we're going to do, but we want money.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that as we talk, as we went along, like why, why do they even bother? I. It's almost like this wasn't really well thought through.
1: <laughs> it's almost like they wanted someone to be shot for the opening of this show.
0: <laughs> hmm, that sounds almost <laughs> more likely. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't really start with. Uh, Jailbait motel antics. I actually thought that that, that <laughs> um the pictures he was that that, that Glenfrey was taking were of Stacey at the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah. The it, the transition there is kind of odd, and um, uh, they're kind of similar looking actresses. I think that might have been intentional. Though. They both have the uh, same kind of haircut. It might have been intentional though. But they're going for a sort of thematic thing there. That, that uh, these photos were taken by someone like like yeah I think maybe like they
0: I also think maybe that the the people who are making the show might have wanted the audience to think that uh he'd actually taken the photos as well
1: it doesn't go anywhere with that at all No, because
0: immediately we after this day after this scene we kind of he goes to the other guy um the whole thing with this is that uh, the coach is like a terrible coach. her coach murderer he's a terrible coach too he's He's just making her train, 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 and train until she's physically unable to do it anymore. Yep.
1: So Ziggy goes down to, to cheer her up.
0: Yeah. To ask, to how how yep. tennis works. Um. And we find out too that she'd been she'd been drugged, um, or something because she just remembers waking up in a motel room and not knowing how she got there. How she got there. Uh, then we go up to the. She also seems pretty cool with the whole someone fake shooting her yeah, earlier.
1: Yeah, that that apparently just the kind of thing you get over.
0: Yeah, uh, almost as though that was probably shot afterwards and tacked on. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you because the, the after you said it, the more I think about it, the more likely that was. Yeah. Um,
1: they wanted some action for the start.
0: All right, Glenfrey. he cut from that to Glenfrey back at his office. Uh, the previous scene we mentioned about Dwayne talking about Baby Got Back and uh, they take the pictures to um, they take the pictures to this doctor guy who uh,
1: he's a, plastic, a surgeon. plastic
0: surgeon he's all like she's the most perfect human being in the world why for is she sleeping with somebody else who isn't me old man Dr. McSlowtalk?"
1: also he's done a lot of the bodywork on, on his wife. Is that a conflict of interest? Are you allowed to do that?
0: He built her himself, Alan.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Cody like, calls him Dr. Frankenstein when he's talking to Ziggy about him and stuff. It's, it's, also, this is a skeevy guy. This kind of goes
0: nowhere as well.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, he's just there to be a skeevy guy. There's
0: no resolution to this.
1: I just realised like, like this is the end of that whole... Like, Oh, really no, no, there, 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 there is a bit of resolution to it. Yeah, there's. It's not great resolution, yeah, but it gets resolved. The woman.
0: Oh yeah, there's a bit more resolution to it. I just remembered the resolution to it. Yeah, uh, it's still not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's almost as though it was just some weird B plot to get
1: Ziggy and Cody working together or something. So he wants to know who the other man is and uh, Co- uh Cody's kind of done with this gig because he doesn't like matrimonials, but uh Ziggy's very much in favor because there there is an opportunity to creep on naked ladies,
0: yeah because that's the thing he's really into <laughs> it's creeping jeez
1: in. Jeez, Ziggy
0: yeah
1: he's way to endear yourself to the audience
0: oh <laughs> uh, he's an enthusiastic young urbanite he he does he he he's he's i don't know like, I really don't know it's 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 a weird. He's weirdly excited about the about the idea of uh, doing a yard that involves watching people do it. It's okay. Um, also, he steals the photos. He does steal the photos, which is broken up by Matt with shotgun. Bus driver with Australia. a gun. Bus driver with a gun who does shoots a, who shoots the, the convertible windscreen all to hell.
1: The bus driver here is Don Stark from that 70s show
0: yes as I was going to uh, I was going to mention that um, I didn't realise it was him until until later when he talks yeah I was like is that Bob that's Bob (laughs) that continues our that 70s show uh, theme on this show
1: (laughs) yeah we keep dancing around the the actual show itself (laughs) maybe we should just never do that 70s show (laughs)
0: I think we should, never, we should never do it, ever. We can never do it. Or, it's, it's, it'll
1: be our first Patreon reward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on our Patreon that will probably never happen. Uh, yeah, the, uh, Bob from uh, That 70s Show shoots out the window and runs away. Um, then Ziggy runs away, and Glenn Frey tracks him down and jumps on him. And he's like, you don't leave me anytime, any, anywhere, anywhere. No how, I can speak words. And which leads to Ziggy doing some weird comedy shtick thing about like pictures, which I can't remember the line, but it was really jarring. He was like, just totally got back into the idea of hanging around with this guy. He doesn't bite it very much. Like I I don't know. It's, Ziggy's character is weird.
1: Yes. Uh, Ziggy's motivation is kind of all over the place. Like... Uh... Is is he there just to to lead bloody on, or is he actually trying to escape and jump bail, or what? It, it it changes depending on how many action scenes we need.
0: I think they're they're trying to sort of trick the to kind of keep the audience guessing. But the thing is, he's in the opening credits. We know he's in the show. <laughs> we
1: know what's gonna happen. We're savvy TV watchers, guys. This is not our first pilot.
0: Oh, by the way, we should mention a police guy, Frank, who works north of Sunset. I love <laughs> He's that got his own
1: spin-off show coming <laughs> coming this January.
0: <laughs> it might get half an episode on CBS, like 15 minutes <laughs> or something.
1: Yeah, uh, Frank is there to tell us his life story and that Cody is a thorn in his side. And that's it. He's in this one scene. Thanks <laughs> for setting up that character, guys. Yep. That's Thank you. That's payoff for him eventually.
0: I do so That's what the series is for. her payoff for Frank. Because um, there's probably backstory
1: there. Uh, also,
0: we find that uh, Glenn Frey lives in a um, like hotel?
1: Yeah. He has a hotel room with a view of the Marlborough Man.
0: Obviously. Um, and he locks he handcuffs uh, Ziggy to uh, to a radiator because uh, he just he he wants to he wants to go to sleep and doesn't want him running off. And uh, this doesn't have the dog pee conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ziggy asks what's going to happen if he goes to the bathroom, and there's like, well, lay down some newspaper. It's
0: like threatening dog pee conversation. It's yeah. like what? Like, what do you want? Like like you treat me like a dog? Want me to go to the bathroom? Oh, you better pee on the newspaper. Like I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna like smack your nose. Or something like that. It's just like weird, threatening, dog pee related uh, banter. Which is. Also, Ben Fry kind of sounds like he's doing an impression of Jack Nicholson.
1: Yeah, he's got a weird. Is that his usual speaking voice? Like, I have no idea. Uh, because it sounds like someone's speaking voice. So it's, uh, I keep trying to play it because it sounds like someone else. Yeah, it, he's, I,
0: I figured like Jack Nicholson. But he, he's he's he has got he has kinda of got this sort of he's trying to do this this tough guy shtick, Because uh, I guess the character he's playing, but he's not a good actor. So
1: No. No, there there's a line coming up uh, towards the end of the show that uh is really the epitome of it. I'll talk about that more but when we get to it. Coming up
0: soon is my favourite bit of the entire episode, which I'll I Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the next the next
0: bit is, is a silly joke about a, a, a there's like a, a, a room service guy comes up to the room and uh, opens the door and Ziggy jumps up half asleep and is all like, Well what well, is it's not what it looks like and the guy's like, Well here at the castle we see all sorts of things, sir and he's like I'm happy, I'm fine with, you know, weird uh white people banging young black dudes. I see it all the time. And
1: handcuffing them to railings. Yep. I want to watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what this guy's seen. It sounds hilarious.
0: It's like Hotel Babylon or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'd fit right in Hotel Babylon. he would be there with Dexter Fletcher and uh, who else was in that? Other people. That guy who was in Kari eventually. Actors. Uh, and that guy who was in Doctor Who.
0: It's got. It's got what this show hasn't got: actors. Yeah. Well I thought it was kinda of cruel. There are actors in this, but I feel like everyone's overdoing it a little bit to compensate for Glenn Fry <laughs> <laughs> and he's just not uh, being able to act at all. Mm. They uh, they go to the studio then to the to see Stacey was filming an ad. Um she she's having trouble finishing her lines because she's tired. She's so tired from all her tennis She's tennising too hard, Alan.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, someone's trying to blackmail her. That's got to be a bit of pressure. Someone tried to fake shoot her. and she, That's not a problem. I'm pretty sure that actually didn't happen <laughs> at this point. <laughs> because they dropped that like a hot rock. She does
0: seem to... Her and Dwayne seem to have a rapport, though. Like, yeah. She gets on with him. Um...
1: Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's a nice thing that really should have been developed more.
0: Yeah. It doesn't really do anything. Because it's Glenn Fry that gets all the information out of her. Yeah. And, uh...
1: And she, this... she talks about it, the whole pressure of fame and her parents' marriage collapsing, and then she starts crying. And she wishes she, should be, and she could be a normal kid. Yeah. Um, up to this point, no idea how old she is. Mm. Uh,
0: so this is, this is kind of me going, uh, at this point I'm like, how old actually is this girl? I'm going to find out she's actually 17. Yeah. Which makes the entire plot a little, slightly more skeevy. Hmm. Uh... Slightly,
1: um, at, at this point, because the director comes over uh, once she's done talking to Glenn and uh, uh, says that she, she it's time to get back to work and she's been crying and just, she kind of brushes it off, but she brushes it off so easily yeah. that I thought that she was d- doing this herself, that, that she'd set up the whole blackmail thing. Yeah, To get back to her, uh, her parents and stuff. Spoiler alert, she didn't. <laughs> so
0: either that's just terrible or that's just the writers trying to sell you some red herrings. I
1: yeah. guess. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's either the acting or the writing. Hmm. But yeah.
0: He's better than the lead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is true. He Although, can't cry in command. But no he's he a man, so he doesn't have to.
0: Although... When we find out that, Jean, that Gina may have uh, walked in on a casting card situation, yes,
1: uh, she says that she, know, uh, uh, she knows how Anita felt. Anita Hill felt now,
0: yes, and
1: um, which is a thing. It's a reference to a thing.
0: A thing which I didn't catch, and you didn't look up. So I did
1: actually look it up. You did look it up. Uh, Anita Hill was a, a, a prominent uh, uh, at that time, anyway. Uh, uh, figure for uh, sexual harassment Uh, she uh, was uh, 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 where is the she accused US Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas who was her supervisor at the Department of Education uh, of uh, sexually harassing her
0: and as a result of of, uh, finding out about this um, the heat is on Yes I was hoping for a better reaction to that one <laughs>
1: Um Uh well Okay
0: Yeah Because that's an actual Glenn Fry song
1: <laughs> Oh yeah so it is <laughs> Damn it Alan I've become immune to him now Patrick You used him to up too much What happened What we threatened to at the start happened <laughs> Damn it
0: uh, Anyway The heat is on
1: <laughs>
0: we get we get this, this amazing like, zoom Right up close to Glenn Fry's face yeah. this
1: guitar riff And he goes and beats up a guy It's like the director of photography suddenly woke up <laughs> Because it's been fairly stoic Even for the chase scenes There's a lot of static shots But suddenly zoom
0: It's like right up in there And like a Brown and then he throws the guy through a guy through a window. and After everyone...
1: tearing off the hair extensions he has to make it look like he has a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> because this guy has a full head of hair. Yes. He just has hair extensions so that it looks like he has longer hair. <laughs> because it's the 90s and you have to have a mullet. Yeah, he,
0: he's, he's an actor. Um, and he's about to film a stunt scene. And... The director's like, This bit is the fake glass, this is the real glass. And then Dan Fry's like, Which one is the real glass? And he's like, That one. Okay, smash. And everyone cheers, because apparently they all knew this guy was a jerk.
1: But they had a picture to make, damn it, so they were being professionals.
0: And that's when we hear Dwayne's J- James Brown impersonation. When they're in the next scene, when they're driving through Compton.
1: Yes, Cody came to the wrong neighborhood
0: this is actually a good this is actually a good little kind of development scene for, for Ziggy and Cody because their characters actually work really well here Hmm. and
1: yeah, that, uh, uh, Ziggy is pretty clearly trying to wind up Cody <laughs> yeah
0: and there's this and there's that little uh they play out to sort of really well and there's that little um you know a little overdress for compton um but I look good, line. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I kind of I, I Cody would be better if he was like playing it. Yeah, I almost wish this was sort of later in the nineties, when they could have probably played him more like a Will Smith cool Men in Black kind of kind of guy rather than his comedy character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, at the very, do you know what this is? What. This is a made-for-TV version of Forty-Eight Hours.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I can see that. It's uh they, they
0: they have some good, they have they have they have some good moments, but a lot of it is just Ziggy doing shtick, and the shtick isn't even that great. Also, this is when Bob comes back, and actually, no, firstly, there's the, the Luther's Luther's fellow gang people stare them down and then they'd run they'd run off.
1: Yeah, Ziggy does some fast talking and and they run away. What? But it wasn't a fast talking. No, it at was all.
0: Bob driving a bus up behind them.
1: <laughs> so they run away down this, this narrow street from the bus. Well,
0: honest to goodness music from Blues Brothers plays.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally the Blues brothers chase scene music. <laughs> With a It's 100%
0: that music. With a wacky stinger at the end when they both look out from behind a picket fence. Wacky stinger for they almost died.
1: Uh, uh, uh. Oh, the japes.
0: Yeah, the tone in the thing is kind of weird. (laughs) Because thinking uh, thinking of japes, Gina's third costume of the episode is a southern belle outfit. (laughs) She's got an acting gig. Yep. Uh, and this is when we meet the woman who was from earlier.
1: Uh, yes, uh, the, the the woman who's mm. having the affair. I don't think we actually get a first no. name
0: from her. Uh, she she kind of reminds me of Elizabeth Banks.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's got an Elizabeth Banksy look about her. She feels like Elizabeth Banks in Showgirls. Uh, and she's very mm. angry at men. She has some legitimate gripes against Cody and his profession. And his business practices. Yes. Like, keeping such photos confidential.
0: That way. Well, considering she walked in on Ziggy eyeballing her uh, candid nude photos. Yeah. Yes. Um,
1: uh, and also the whole spying on her
0: <laughs> bit. That as is, that is well. That's not really a great thing. Also, apparently, she's left the doctor guy. So... But she won't tell uh, him.
1: Well, she says that they're separated. I assume that he knows this. But she won't tell
0: him who she's dating. For some reason. I don't know why. It's weird. um, Um,
1: Really, her anger is entirely misplaced. Well, not entirely misplaced. Glenn is not looking after those photos very well. But most of her anger really seems to be with, with Dr. Bart. Yeah. So maybe she should go talk with him.
0: But apparently not apparently she doesn't want to she wants to she wants to go to motel rooms and you know bang Bob from that 70s show um,
1: oh yeah spoiler alert yeah that that's why Bob is trying to kill him
0: twenty is it, it's, an, it's, an, it's a twenty like two year old TV show i like, if you, if, you, if you haven't watched it you haven't heard of it, and you're not going to watch it, so I don't care about spoiling it.
1: So uh, Mrs. Doctor Carter Bart leaves, and Gina says that she's right. She <laughs> is. Gina's right, though. She, Gina she knows what's right. what.
0: She also dressed like an idiot, but she's right.
1: Uh, it's for a role. Yeah. She doesn't dress like that all the time. We know of.
0: <laughs> At the the tennis place again. uh, Glenn Frey has handcuffed Dwayne to the car and we have Dwayne...
1: Doing some political humor.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He says, this place looks like the White House and then stands up and says he's the first black president and then he fakes being shot. Which is weird. (laughs) And dated now because, you know, kind of is a black president (laughs) of America.
1: But who would have thought Uh, that in 1993?
0: True. True. Maybe a young Barack Obama thought it. Maybe he had aspirations then. I don't know. The coach The coach is being talked to by uh by Glen Frey. He said he says tennis isn't a game. Um, by definition, it is, guy. <laughs> but now you're being paid five million a year. It's not a game then. It's a business. It's a job. You gotta work hard. You gotta use your nine. And when you're a coach, you know your job is is short lived too because 'cause you've got 90s middle aged man hair. And you coached Stacy's mother, uh, Janice, who was good at tennis, but gave up tennis because she had a baby. She gave up tennis for babies. It happens. She could have been the best. She could have been a contender, but no. Now Stacy could be a contender, but uh, when Glenn Frey's like, "Maybe you are the blackmail dude," and he's all like, "You're racking up the wrong tree, McMahon."
1: Yeah, and this is when I started really noticing that. A lot of people refer to him as Mr. McMahon. Yeah. And I can't take that name seriously. No. <laughs> because no. That, all that means to me is Vince McMahon is in the ring pretending to be <laughs> more evil than he is.
0: <laughs> I don't think he's necessarily evil.
1: Look, I, I, I uh, haven't seen the guy outside of kayfabe.
0: <laughs> insane, Probably. <laughs> Man has a, the man that did has a dinosaur skull on his wall.
1: <laughs> okay, that's awesome.
0: Like, I, I am going to show you that right now. <laughs> there are pictures of that.
1: Oh, wow. It's a T Rex skull and everything.
0: Yes. On his actual office wall. Because he's Vince McMahon, damn it. And he can do what he likes. Yes, he can bare his backside on television and, and have his employees' faces shoved in it. That's a thing he used to do and he used to, and, and he's like busy mate to Donald Trump.
1: He doesn't do that anymore now. He lets Seamus do it.
0: Be best friends with be best friends with Donald Trump?
1: Uh well, I was more talking about the, the the kiss my ass thing. I don't know, I haven't watched I haven't watched any
0: wrestling in like six months. I don't know what's going on. Um but yes, back from dinosaur skulls to uh, black presidents and tennis not being a game. Dwayne takes uh, Co- uh, Glenn Frey to meet the magical blind woman.
1: Yes. Luther's aunt. Luther being the head of the Crips.
0: And she knows everything about the, the, the gang wars.
1: And also that, that Cody is there. <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing she knows.
0: Because she's a magical old blind woman.
1: She's the Oracle. From the Pretty Matrix. Pretty much, yeah. She's not actually the Oracle from the Matrix. I want to make that clear right (laughs) then. She's just an incredibly similar character. She gives a heartfelt speech about change. Yeah. Do you believe in miracles? Because you'd have to be blind not to believe in one when one shows up.
0: Yeah. Does that imply that she doesn't believe in them?
1: Yeah. Well...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kind of does, doesn't it, really? But
1: yeah, Luther wants to end the gang wars. He wants to bring peace between the blood and the crypts.
0: He does. He wants to stop all this... Different colored shenanigans.
1: And as we now know, that's exactly what he did.
0: Hmm. he's called Luther because of Martin Luther. King.
1: Oh, God, he probably is, isn't
0: he? <laughs> yeah. Also, this, this reminds me that I remember reading a, a, an, a articles on Wikipedia about uh, you know street gangs. Mm-hmm. Just because. I don't know why. And there's like the Bloods and the Crips and the Latin Kings. And
1: uh, Juggalos. Wait, seriously, jugglos Juggalos are, are that? Yes. I thought it was just like guys who really liked the insane camp posse. It's got a gang
0: element to it. They actually, um, in some parts of America, the Juggalos are classed as a gang. And there are Juggalo, like, this is a thing that exists. Okay, then. <laughs> Like they 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 follow all the kind of the, the juggaloey things, but they also do crimes and stuff,
1: <laughs> juggalo crimes.
0: So after we meet blind old woman, um,
1: uh, they go back to uh, to the detective agency, where Bobby follows them immediately in and says, "Why aren't you doing yeah. the stuff?" Oh yeah,
0: he just kind of follows them in, doesn't he? Yeah. he's like, like, "Was he waiting for them? Did he meet them outside? What the hell?" That's that's really jarring.
1: Oh yeah, that's something we we should have talked about. Luther Sant also uh, uh, can read Ziggy like a book and uh, asked him if he was just leading Cody around. Uh, uh. Uh, and he totally was. So so you know, um, Cody's upset about this, as you would be,
0: because he didn't tell him about the proposed truce idea.
1: Yep, he wouldn't believe he wouldn't believe that such a thing could happen.
0: Not at all, because he's a white guy. Yeah. Um, also, during the whole exchange with Bobby, we I think Gina has her third costume change of the show, and possibly her second or third hairstyle. Um, because it's Thursday, Glenn Frey must go do more photo taking stuff cause, that he hates.
1: But not before Ziggy says is that it, he thinks that Gina's so good at stuff that she could be a Laker girl,
0: which doesn't go down well. No. You get the idea that Ziggy's maybe meant to be kind of he's, he's kind of he's kind hearted but stupid. Yeah. Um and he wants to be a photographer, especially after he goes to his motel room and hears some soft core porn noise <laughs> and get them. and we some brief and we see some brief like side butt <laughs> like side butt through some curtains. It's really weird. Um. Then we get and then really quickly as well, because in one shot they're over on the other side of the room and the lady's not wearing many clothes. And next second. Bob from that 70s show breaks into the room, brandishing a shotgun, and is trying to kill Glenn Fry, and she's behind him.
1: Yeah, uh, in a bodysuit.
0: Like lightning, they are.
1: And she just stands there in the bodysuit. Hmm? Trying to tell Bert, which is Don Stark's character's name, in this.
0: To... No, he's Bob. He's definitely Bob from the 70s show. Same character.
1: <laughs> It's, Head cannon. It's been 20 years. Bob's finally got over Midge. Head cannon established. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can live that. It's not like he gets much establishment in it. And it does seem like the kind of thing Bob would do.
0: Yeah. I'm, he just becomes a crazy shotgun wielding. Um, apparently, apparently she, she loves him because he's like dumpy, I guess.
1: Yeah, she she talks about how kind hearted he is as he brandishes a shotgun at <laughs> a guy who was. Like, he might not have the best practices, but he's just doing a job. Yeah,
0: he was hired to do this. Like, it's not really. And this guy has tried. Bob has tried to kill this guy twice. Like
1: uh, He doesn't I, have a lot of legs to stand on here.
0: No, not really. Um. And at this point, they fake us out by making us think Dwayne's going to turn on, on Glenn Fry. But no! He takes the thing and bonks Bob over the head with it. And victory for the good guys.
1: Yay! The guy is unconscious now.
0: <laughs> yes, he's possible. And his shotgun went off through the roof. He may have shot someone. Though <laughs> so it turns out then that uh, Paul and Janice Hegan's marriage is kind of dying. Um,
1: yeah, Gina did some ringing up and found out right from the hotel that they were in separate rooms while they were away. And also, uh, Dr. Bart rings and, uh, and Glenn Frey says that uh, she's innocent and she's not actually sleeping around. And then hangs up and tells Gina to remove him from the Rolodex. And that's the end of that plot. Patrick, Patrick, you said Rolodex!
0: <laughs> it was 1993. <laughs> did did you see the computers in that in, that, in this in this show? <laughs> they were like the monitors there was a laptop in one scene, and the monitor is like it's so tiny,
1: but the laptop was so big
0: <laughs> yes, it was mostly lap it was mostly casing oh nineties <laughs> it's it's around this time that they they get the uh they go to the motel that uh, Stacy was found in. Yep. Again, Cody and Ziggy make a pretty good team in this. Like, this actually is a pretty intense, like, interrogation thing where they get the owner of the motel. He's and, a pretty skeevy guy. Yeah, Glenn Fry's like, like, shows her the pictures and he's now like, ooh, naked lady, but Glenn Fry's like, she's seventeen, you like, jerk.
1: Which and, to be. Look, the guy is clearly written as a skeevy, skeevy guy, but it's hard to tell someone's age from a picture. Yeah. And she doesn't yeah. look 17, because she's not being played by an actress who is 17.
0: Yeah, that's does help. But, um, but this gets super intense. Fry Fry's going to ram this guy's head into a television.
1: Yeah. And and he tells Zicky to turn it on to MTV. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Ziggy's like, you know telling the like, telling the, the, the motel owner about, you know, how Ben Fry's gonna pull his teeth out and all it's it's actually really it, it like it's it's a really it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's great. I love this scene. It's yeah. just full of it's it's the only scene in the entire episode that really kinda has any like, punch to it.
1: Yeah. Where where was Glenn Frey for the rest of this? Because this is the only scene he showed up to. I
0: think it's the only scene that really has drama in it. Like, the rest of it's all sort of lightweight. Like, even with the themes, a lot of it's very sort of eh? Yeah. By the numbers and, and just just sort of just sort of stock almost. And no one's re really, and and everything is a little bit over the top, and this is the only point where the sort of like the intensity and the kind of the, the this kind of the, the badass character this guy could be comes through, and the badass and the kind of the the, the team these guys could be actually comes through.
1: Yeah.
0: As it turns out, uh, the pictures aren't real, as we find out in the next scene because uh, Glenn Fry brings skeevy guy to the to the tennis mansion place and uh, Janice and t- tells them that like, it was Janice it was all Janice all along she made up the, she got the photos made because there's a man in Beverly Hills he's a specialist with computers for enough money he can put anyone's face on anything
1: uh, now I looked into this and uh, uh, Photoshop is a lot older than you think it is oh I know that uh, I didn't know that Photoshop first came out in the 90s 1990 was the initial release Photoshop was
0: invented by guys who worked on uh, the 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 effects in inner space oh wow yeah um, as far as I remember um, but yeah I love that line I love the line about the, the yeah a guy who it's, was... it's,
1: we have to explain this because people probably don't know <laughs> that you could do this with computers it's not like
0: you know photo doctoring is a thing that's existed since there's been photos yeah but just a line he's a specialist with computers
1: (laughs) he can make the magic think boxes do this stuff
0: he can put anyone's face on anything so I got him to put my 17 year old daughter's daughter's head on this naked person's body (laughs) or whatever um (laughs) <laughs> it's and it gets at this point it just gets so superly melodramatic yeah.
1: awful because the cops show up and uh Paul's all you call the cops I'm sorry Paul I have to call the cops he says in a entirely unsympathetic line delivery <laughs> this is the line I was, I was talking about earlier just like this is a guy you've known 20 years <laughs> You've had to call the wife, uh, the cops on his wife, and that's how you deliver the line. I'm sorry, Paul. I have to call the cops.
0: I I was too distracted by the the, the soliloquy from Janice. Oh yeah, like,
1: Janice has this awesome, uh, yeah. Lady Macbeth speech about <laughs> uh, the, the once Stacy turns eighteen, she's not getting anything because they're already separated. You're only staying. We're only keeping this marriage together for her. Uh, You're her manager, so you get money. I don't get anything, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I just wanted some security. Yeah, it's it,
0: and there's all this sort of it's just the music over it's so cheese, too. It's just like ah, take her away, please. Which they do, thankfully, and it's all wrapped up neatly in a ball. And I guess Stacy's now you know traumatized because her mother tried to blackmail her dad and made a and made fake nudes of her and all sorts of weird, creepy things. Um, so, uh, nicely done there, everyone. Yay. Um,
1: Pat's on the back all round.
0: Yes. Back to uh, Cody's
1: hotel room for sco- lashings of ginger beer.
0: And, uh, meanwhile, uh, back at the office, uh, Luther has turned up with his gang to the office.
1: Yeah, uh, can, can we talk about that?
0: For a yes, second? we can.
1: Now, just back up a little. He goes into the office. Gina is there, and he mm-hmm. talks to Gina, and then Gina vaguely mentions the fact that that she isn't alone, and then immediately to the left, there's like five gang guys cody's peripheral vision sucks
0: yeah like you know you walk into a room and you see someone you recognize and you don't immediately look the other way yeah, you
1: don't notice any other people who happen to be in the room like muscly people <laughs> who look like they could take you in a fight yeah that shot is in that is entirely
0: for the audience yeah that.
1: yeah it, it, it's a uh, diegetic <laughs>
0: yes completely diegetic
1: <laughs> if the audience can't see it no one can see it
0: that's actually a problem with a lot of this a lot of this is just for the a lot of this app this, this whole plot is just for the audience like it doesn't make sense within the narrative like the thing with the uh like the the paintball thing yeah. the the picture like like the the thing with like the fact you have two things with pictures is also there just to trick the audience the um the the way stacy react kind of turns off her crying really quickly again is is just it, it's bad it's bad it, it, it's not good for the narrative of the or the, the 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 it's not good for the actual the actual you know it's not good writing it's not good um
1: i i, it's, I will give it credit for no uh, for not being a cheat with the mystery and having being one of the characters have already been established because I was kind of half expecting that to happen it was this guy mm. <laughs> the tennis attendant
0: but <laughs> still the entire as I'm trying to get to like the the entire story isn't dependent on you know elements within the story it's all stuff for the audience yeah it's not like in Veronica Mars if you watched the previous episode where everything is internally consistent mm. and exists and makes sense within the realm of the story in this a lot of the stuff is not consistent and doesn't necessarily exist in a way that makes sense. Yeah,
1: that, that whole plot with uh, Don Stark is just there because they, they need action every now and then.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> Anytime time this show has been going too long without a chase scene, <laughs> Don Stark shows up with a gun or a bus.
0: Now, I've not seen any more episodes of this, but I really hope that's a recurring thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, just... <laughs> every week, Don Stark is at gun. <laughs>
0: It's is like for he just holds a real grudge, and every week is like, "Oh, there's there's Bert again with a shotgun."
1: See you in about fifteen minutes of fair time. <laughs> anyway, Luther. Yeah, Luther uh,
0: basically says um, he'll terms of it.
1: Yeah, he reckons he was framed by the drug dealers in the gang because they don't want peace. Uh, ah. and Cody kind of just lets them go away.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he lets them both go. He's like, "I'm cool with you. You're cool with me. I've now got. I've now got you know gang loyalty. I guess much in the same way as Veronica Mars got the PCHS on her side. Um, well, Cody McMahon <laughs> gets uh, the Crips and or Bloods on his side. I don't know. I don't know which side they. I probably the Crips. It was the Crips. I, I,
1: yeah, they're wearing blue. They're wearing
0: blue. Yeah, I couldn't really tell. I don't know why I couldn't tell. Probably because it's been like three hours and I wasn't paying attention to their colors. <laughs> but um, yeah, they guess they're the Crib- They're the they're the cribs. Okay. Um, he got the cribs on his side now. So the only people he people he has to worry about are the Bloods and maybe the Latin Kings, or the Juggalos. <laughs> Did Juggalos but... even
1: exist in '93?
0: Probably not. Probably not. No. I don't know when the insane clown posse started, insane clowning and posseing. I love how their empire includes or how their you know their entire thing includes, you know, rap music, professional wrestling, organized crime, apparently. Uh they have their own social network. Like it's, it's all you know, magnets, how do they work, all that jazz. The ICP uh, have been going since nineteen eighty nine. So probably, yeah. Well maybe not as Maybe not. Maybe it's more of a late '90s thing. I don't know, but did, but that they really kind of took off. But maybe I don't know how how uh, big Juggalo culture was back in
1: 1993. Started getting into gangster rap in '91, so hmm,
0: uh... Uh, so uh, Insane Clown Posse introduced aside, uh, the wrap up is essentially what you'd expect as. Glenfry and Dwayne kind of say they're gonna gonna team up, because Glenfry's like, "Hey, Ziggy, you know, I, I I'm I need a guy, a friend guy, and it's a long time since I since I could ever trust anyone, and I almost trust you." And then there's some sweet guitar riffs of friendship buddy.
1: Yeah, friendship, and Ziggy's in it for the, taking photos of of ladies in motels which he could do and not be a private eye
0: (laughs) he could you know he could just be he could just go into porn
1: yeah but I I I get the feeling that he he likes the spying element of it
0: oh the voyeur Mm. because he's super into this and you can't really do
1: that without being a private eye if you want to continue doing it.
0: Well, oh, I guess you could. I don't know. Um, you a weird kid.
1: Anyway, Gina says the men are pigs, and she's probably right based on all the men in this show. <laughs> and,
0: uh, at least
1: Cody pretends to be remorseful about it. But
0: in the next, in the next scene, Cody's all by himself, drinking in his in his hotel room, all broody because he's alone again. He's a broody loner, and he he uh, goes out looking at his Marlboro Man. Sits out on top of the... the sits out on top of a, like the edge of a building while a song plays. It's mentions the name of the show.
1: And, it's the mellow end theme.
0: Yeah. We get this helicopter shot. They're panning, pulling right out. Just to emphasize how alone Cody McMahon really is. Ah, And that's the end of this weird, poorly acted tonally odd
1: odd show? yeah yeah so this show really wants to talk about the the, the sleazy underbelly of la that yeah that, that's what the, the three plots are about you've got um, the the problems with f- being famous in la and and everybody being out to get you uh, and with uh, hollywood parents you've got uh, the the gang wars going on yeah and then you've got your your average uh uh well not exactly average because like the guy is it, the the husband in the scenario is a, a really t- creepy mm. classic surgeon guy but it it doesn't get that tone across no it's very it, it it's too wacky. it's too light-handed with it yeah it puts in all these things uh, but it doesn't judge it just has them and um, it doesn't come down one way or the other it just sort of accepts them as things. Uh, the, the the whole bit with the with the uh Luther suddenly wants peace between the gangs uh, it, it seems incredibly naive
0: yeah it's it's very you know i, I think if you if you made it a bit more gritty yeah it would be much better like they play it too light yeah and, that's the problem
1: and here's the thing Cody isn't a noir protagonist uh, no he he's too competent <laughs> like like okay the the, the the show this is wants to be is the Rockford Files right right it, it, it wants to be that that Lighthearted show that's all uh, about a down on his private detective. Yes, exactly. But Jim Rockford <laughs> gets into trouble a lot. Mm. And Cody and kind of just kind of wanders around the place and eventually, uh, uh, while being hyper competent, uh, and just circumstances sometimes happen to him. It's never his own fault. Yeah. James Garner is also. Yeah, James Garner is also an actor.
0: Yeah. A great actor.
1: Garner,
0: yeah, and a more charming presence than Glen Fry is. There's Glenn like as I mentioned earlier, that one like the one interrogation scene in the motel is the best part of it because mm. in that James Garner Dan <laughs> <Garner, laughs> Fry is a badass yeah. in that one scene. And that's the only and, thing he can do. Yeah. And they don't really give him that much because you have that like I know we joked about that scene at the the, the film studio, but that's that's just a comedy setup mm. for what is meant to be this character trait that when Cody McMahon gets angry, he kinda he's he's a uh, he's he's vicious. But instead we get like comedy cam comedy like you know that was like a nineties kids show camera. Shot, camera angle. You know, they get yeah. a like, real close-up on the face thing. Like, it's just missing the fisheye lens, almost. <laughs> yeah,
1: the 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 tone of it is just all off. Uh, yeah. And, and Glenn Fry cannot carry this show. I, I think
0: the tone problem stems from possibly needing to overcompensate for him. Because you feel like the rest of the actors are playing it up to... You know, to, to to make up for him.
1: Oh yeah. Also, the other thing, uh, it was meant to be moonlighting.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a it's meant to kind
1: of have the
0: same kind of vibe as moonlighting. But you know,
1: like the, if you're emulating moonlighting, the the, the major thing is that the romance between the two leads. Right. So either it's meant to be a, a well, the not exactly romance. Will they? Won't they? Well it, it's meant to be
0: the exact words here quoting Wikipedia are the show was a combination of comedy and suspense reminiscent of the series moonlighting so it was you know it, it it was it was going for that it was meant to go for that comedy drama thing
1: but because he barely interacts with the <laughs> the main female character in the show i i don't know i and that that I don't know Moon
0: nothing too well, but yeah, the Bruce Willis Sybil Shepherd thing is the
1: it it, it, it front and center the dynamic of the show.
0: Yeah. And even on the, the, the poster here on Wikipedia, the uh the picture is a you know, it's a trilogy shot. It's it's uh you know uh, Maria, Maria Pertillo Aries Spears and
1: And front ben and Fry center Glenfry.
0: Yeah. Like the you can probably you could do comedy in suspense and you can do it well, but I think they really went too hard on the comedy and I almost feel like that that's done, like I say, around Glen Fry almost in a way to sort of compensate with like that this man he like he can't act.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I just noticed something in uh on, on this uh on the Wikipedia entry, which is interesting. Uh I have it in front of me. Um, the show was heavily promoted during the 1993 World Series by CBS. However, only the pilot of South of Suns had ever aired on the 27th of October 1993, and not even to the entire country. News coverage of the wildfires in Malibu preempted the show's lone episode in many West Coast stations, um, including in Los Angeles itself. Um, Disappointed with the ratings of the pilot and willing to give it a chance to build a base, CBS immediately cancelled the show, much to Frey's chagrin.
1: Yeah, this whole Wikipedia article really reads like it was written by either an Eagles fan or uh, Glenn Frey's agent. Or both. <laughs> or maybe Glenn Frey himself.
0: Because uh, it's... Like, it was, who was it created by? It's, uh, it's by John Byram. Um, who, did he do anything interesting? Nothing I've heard, nothing, I can see nothing on here that I've actually heard of, apart from Razor's Edge. Yeah, nothing, he's really done, he's done stuff, but nothing that's, that I would say is hugely, uh, notable. Uh, John Byron, who created the show, apart from, uh, working as a writer on Sesame Street. This is a far away from Sesame Street last week, a detective show Veronica Mars
1: got to number got one to on the
0: list. number one on our list uh you know beating the unbreakable Kimi Schmidt and the now actually a thing the man of the high castle
1: yeah did you hear about that that thing in the New York subway yes, that, I did. That,
0: that was that was kind of. Stupid, wasn't it? I reblogged that on Tumblr purely <laughs> because of that. I really should have, I really should have actually... Um, oh, Alan died. Uh, yeah.
1: My phone vibrated away and onto the floor.
0: <laughs> Godspeed, Alan's phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah, Man and Ty Castle thing, I reblogged that on Tumblr purely because of um, we did it. I wanted to add... Uh, I may, I should have added the D. Amanda Hagen gif. from the 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 video (laughs) but if you haven't seen uh there's there's when we recorded the the man of the castle episode we recorded it on my camera with the shotgun mic because we don't have any recording equipment that we could carry beyond
1: yeah it it was hard it it was hard to even that gear down to limerick
0: yeah um looking any kind of gear around public transport is a real pain <laughs> and as I have found out uh, on other occasions uh, and uh, yeah we brought the camera down and recorded it so it was recorded on video and there is a short like two minute montage thing of of that weekend on Brocon and we have the Diamanda the, the Hagen wearing her uh, what's the character from Colonel Chesbridge Colonel Chess- Danger, Danger Five. Danger Five. She's we- She's. She's wearing. She's dressed as Colonel Chessbridge and she says "Was remember to kill Hitler, <laughs> or something?" <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And uh, there's a gif of that, of her doing that, <laughs> which someone uh, from the F.E.A. demand Hagen Tumblr, got and made and captioned It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to reblog that uh, that picture with. Uh, that post with that picture but i haven't got a copy of that <laughs> gif so i i'd have to find it i can still do it i must still do it actually i'll do it tonight after the podcast is over <laughs>
1: you should it'd be great Yeah. look for that on patrick's tumblr everybody yes and if it's not there message him
0: if it's not there alan will reblog it and you can look at alan's um so where do we put this uh It feels like it feels like middle. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's not terrible. Mm. Well, it's it it shouldn't have gone any further. (laughs) There shouldn't be another six episodes of this. No, and to be fair, only four of them ever actually aired. (laughs) Even when VH1 were doing the Eagles season, they didn't air them all.
0: (laughs) They knew. (laughs) So looking at the middle of the pack of the, you know, 38 episodes we've done, mm. uh, kind of the, the middle, lots, Super Pup, That 80s Show, Doctor Strange, Coupling, Red Dwarf, Clarissa Now, IT Crowd, Joey, K9 and Company, Emily's Reasons Why Not, that's yeah. probably about the middle.
1: Better than Super Pup?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. And next up is the Big Bang Theory pilot. It's
1: I'd prefer to watch the Big Bang Theory pilot again than this. Me too. I would not want to watch anything
0: anything below that again. So uh,
1: I think that's where it goes. I think it goes between Big Bang and Super Superbook. I'd probably watch Hot Honey at Home again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that doesn't deserve to be any higher. <laughs> it it oh. remains the one thing I had to... Get up, aw- get up, and walk away from. <laughs> In the uh, thirty-eight now episodes of things that we've done for this podcast, episodes.
0: thirty-nine. Yes. So our number sixteen is Glen Fry led vehicle, South of Sunset, which uh, sits happily between the Adventure Super Pop and the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> we've watched some weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, uh, Alan, um, because my laptop is being weird, you're gonna to have to stay with on next week. I can't actually open anything right now.
1: Next week, Patrick, we're going back to Netflix.
0: Ooh, Netflix. Uh,
1: we're going to look at uh, something—an uh, animated show, which is something we haven't done in a while—and sure. uh, we're going to be talking about BoJack Horseman.
0: We're going to be horsing around.
1: Apparently so. Um, I have actually not watch Bojack Horseman and when we pull on the list I said to myself that my first time watching it was going to be when we do it for the podcast so uh, (laughs) I've been holding off on this, it better be good Oh, um, spoilers
0: I quite like Bojack Horseman It's uh, it's a good show It's got Paul F. Tompkins
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm expecting good things from it And
0: Will Arnett And um, lots of animal puns and and the and 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 a really, a- awesome outro song and intro sequence. Actually, it's a really good show. I'm looking forward to uh, talking about that next week. Um, also, the second season gets super real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, next week we are watching Bojack Horseman, and I think I've already tipped my hand. <laughs> um, but, but what about me? What are my What about Alan? <laughs> Tune in next week, same podcast time, same podcast channel. Does that work? I don't know. I've been Patrick Brogan. You can find me at theunemployedhistorian.com, at nerdvice.com, at tgomer.com, on or youtube.com forward slash theunemployedhistorian. You can find this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, on all those places I mentioned, bar YouTube, and Alan Byrne. If people wanted to find you... Um, Eagles reference
1: (laughs) Desperado (laughs) So how do they find you? If if people want to find me I'm on Twitter where I'm at Alan Bairn spelled A-L-A-N-B-E-I-R-N-E I'm on Tumblr that's alanbairn.tumblr.com or you can go to my website albairn.com but it's off drinking with the Marlborough Man and you know um Five of them are dead. So it might not be
0: looking good for my website. That's a real downer of an ending. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. So let's talk about a podcast that's more popular than ours, WordFunk. WordFunk is hosted by Leon Thomas, alongside Austin Yorski and Johnny Maloney. Leon is a friend of the show. He has been on this podcast and appeared on The Unemployed Historian in two different videos and last night as they want to do on word funk leon and austin solicited questions from the audience so after the podcast our podcast was finished recording i said this to alan and alan's just a question now i don't know what happened but (laughs) i woke up to tweets from um all three members of the word funk crew and uh jess the uh their co-host, their co-conspirator on the uh, Dice Funk D&D podcast, who's also a friend of the show. And uh, from what I understand, uh, the question dealt a cruel blow to the unity of word funk. So uh, for the benefit of the word funk gang, I would like to include the actual piece of conversation that led to that question being posed. It was, of course, a deliberate act of sabotage and pilot season is, as you would expect, now at war with word funk. Leon, Johnny, Austin, may whatever god you believe in have mercy on your soul. That reminds me, Leon, was, they were looking for word funk questions. I wonder what question I can give them this week. <laughs> what kind of questions does he look for? Any kind of questions. Uh, last week I sent them. I sent them. I sent them a question about. Uh, Who's, a, who's their favourite poet and why is it T. S. Eliot? <laughs> I can't type right now. Ask that. him
1: if uh, a hot dog is a sandwich. No podcast has ever addressed that before. It'd be great.
0: I'm going. I'm going to tweet them. I'm going to tweet both Leon and Austin. I should just get my phone. I'm going to put this back into the podcast. This is me sending a question to WordFunk. At Austin Yorski at renegade cut is a hot dog a sandwich? Question mark. At Alan Byrne wants to know. <laughs> Austin, this is this is cross promotional tweeting.